Welcome back to Geek Channel 8. I'm Eric. I'm Rosie. I'm Johanna. And you may not remember, but I'm Nat. Yes. <laughs> we have Nat back as if from beyond the grave. <laughs> no, Nat is still alive. He has been very busy with Evil Island and hopefully we'll see him from time to time. But <laughs> he is back because this is our one year anniversary show. We started this podcast one year ago. It's hard to believe it's been a year already. So let's go back and listen to some of 2021. You know, whenever an action character kills a bad guy, they have a good zinger. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad it's really bad this doesn't belong in space and then in the other hand it's like this is exactly what creature features are all about when you're the skinny guy and you're surrounded by carl weathers and jesse the body ventura and arnold schwarzenegger he decided to be that guy hitler was in there like what was the point of that i don't know every single bond i can think of has gravitas the second they start speaking barry nelson was just kind of <laughs> Hey, guys, you know, like, what's up? So my question is, what the hell went wrong? <laughs> the studio decided that Fincher showed a lot of talent, but they used Alien 3 to break his spirit. This film had a $6 million budget, went over by $6 million, so it went over to $12 million. Where, where did it go? Where was, <laughs> where was $12 million? Even, like... Where did they spend $12 million on this? It was all spent on drugs. <laughs> they didn't just go after James Bond, which they did. They didn't just go after Sean Connery. Like, no, they went after all Scottish people. <laughs> I have heard plenty of people tell me there are several redeeming aspects of Alien 4 that I need to prepare myself for. It's really hard to go wrong with space truckers. The, Especially, uh... like, really butch space truckers that remind you of Large Marge from... Pee-wee's big, Pee big adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to this podcast full of effervescent meatloaf energy, like a bat out of hell. Oh, I just got chills from that. That's going to be exciting. So, of course, a lot of the best films are coming out at the end of the year, but wanted to do a tour. Some of the films that you may have forgotten came out in 2021. The Green Knight released over the summer with Dev Patel taking the lead role of Gawain. It is a really effed up vision <laughs> of the of the folklore, but uh, really an unforgettable film. We also had No Time to Die come out this year. Uh, did not disappoint, although I'm not sure if my co-hosts have still seen it. I projected the film last night at our theater, so it was it was what? fun. How did I, know. I not know that? I don't know. You got to read oh, the I was working. calendar. You I was working. working. All right. Yes. We also had quite a lot of action for Princess Diana, both in The Crown and also in the film Spencer, played by Kristen Stewart. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it, not just for style, but also for substance. Paolo Lorraine is an amazing director. We had The French Dispatch which people have been waiting for since 2020. And finally, they released it, Wes Anderson's latest, based upon The New Yorker, made me cry at the end, highly recommend. 
And then I have a couple films that technically came out this year because they were in festival, but may not make it to theaters until 2022. One of them, The Tragedy of Macbeth, is just coming out now. It was at the New York Film Festival this fall, starring Denzel Washington as the Thane of Cawdor and later the King, with Lady Macbeth played by Frances McDormand, directed and written by Joel Cohen. And the cinematography in that film is absolutely stunning. Even if you're watching it on your TV, highly recommend. Also, not to be forgotten, we had Dune, now probably available for home viewing. Still, if you get a chance to see it in the theater, recommend it. Maybe we will see part two sometime before the end of the decade. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> we will talk more about Frank Herbert and Dune on an upcoming episode of the podcast. But right now, I'd kind of like to hear what everybody's staff picks for best and worst of 2021 were. Well, I did watch all of The Crown and I loved it. The writing was phenomenal. I was completely hooked on that show and I love Princess Diana. I don't know her full true story, but I can definitely say that they told it well, that version of it, and it was enthralling. I can't wait until the next season comes out. Of course, I love A Handmaid's Tale. Still finishing that up, to be honest with you. And I did just see Don't Look Up. I highly recommend that movie. It's hilarious and sad at the same time because it could totally happen to us if we don't watch it. If we, if we don't watch ourselves, I should say. And I was looking through the top movies of 2021, and sadly, I just didn't see very many of them. I saw that one, and I saw The Good Guy, which was also hilarious. Best pick for 2021 is a film that actually hasn't released theatrically yet called Marcel the Shell with <laughs> Shoes On. I never watched the internet sensation that was Marcel the Shell, but Jenny Slate and her writing partner made a feature length version of Marcel the Shell. Some of it is recycled material from the web series, but it was one of the most touching, inventive films that I saw all year. So that should be releasing by A24 sometime this spring. Least favorite film might be Matrix Resurrections, Ooh. only because I was so disappointed. So, so disappointed. And we could get into it now. Are we allowed to get into it now? Um... Uh, how long is it going to take? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't stop you. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so there was a moment in the beginning of the film where they have this aside to the audience, basically saying like, we know this is rehashed garbage and that nothing new is ever going to be created. And this is a cash grab. And they're saying this within the context of the film that they made these like sequel video games to the video game, the matrix with, and and it's just direct to the audience. And if it had been one throwaway line, it would have been like, oh, that's really clever. But it actually was like a three minute dialogue about the fact that this was rehashed garbage. And then they proceeded to have an hour and a half worth of flashbacks to the original film without really any new narrative development. And the only saving grace is like the last 15 minutes of the film. There is like a good happy goosebumps moment, but it was not enough to redeem it. I was very sad. They, You know what they should have mm. done? They should have not made another Matrix film. They should have made another Animatrix film. Just get here, a bunch here. of, like, <laughs> Oh my god, too. I'm here for it. That was... That, I still meet people that haven't seen the Animatrix, 
it is just one of the best things of that era. It was so good and it was refreshing and like they need more vignette pieces set in a universe and less cohesive universes. In my humble opinion. Yeah. So what what were your picks uh for 2021, Nat? At the beginning of the year we're running through COVID like we're still kind of locked indoors. It's cold. I don't know if I've told you guys, but I moved out to the country. I have like a few acres of land now and man 10 degrees Fahrenheit, you look outside onto a windswept snowscape and, you know, you get kind of locked inside. And out of nowhere, a video game called Valheim came out. Tiny. No hype. No trailers. No marketing. No lead up. And basically no information. And it went from zero to five million players in a week. Wait, what is Valheim about? Well, and I don't want to... We're, we're, we're well past spoilers at this point, but Valheim is set in a kind of meta Viking land of the dead. You arrive as as a person who has been brought from Earth, or from, uh, what would this be, Midheim? Midheim, um, yeah. Thanks, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is what I'm playing right now. <laughs> but you arrive, and because it was this little indie game, right? There were no, there was no documentation. There was nothing telling you what was going on, which I thought was a very fitting way to enter the land of the dead. And you had to discover all of these things on your own. And Tracy and I played through it for months because there was no real story. There was no real arc. There was no real... And then, actually, ironically, we got to the part where the game ended. It didn't end. It wasn't the end of the story. They had just run out of money to develop it to that point. And it was this little indie game. So, yeah, huh. we couldn't fault them for that. Interesting. It, wonderful. Valheim, if you get a chance, super great. And then summer came around. You know, we got to go outside. We, we There was less pop culture in the months where COVID had waned. and we got to... But I want to tell you... Now that it's getting cold again and we are experimenting with all of the streaming services, Station Eleven. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It is. It's it's great. It's profound. An apocalyptic tale done differently. And, and I appreciate it for that. OK, well, I have one pick and one trend that I don't like. All right, I'll start with my pick. My pick for best film of 2021 was Judas and the Black Messiah, which I thought was really good Mm. about a undercover FBI informant infiltrating the Black Panthers in Chicago. It was like what I wanted Black Klansmen to be. It was like Black Klansmen, but way more intense. More intense, but less funny. I mean, Black Klansman is Black genius Klansman's in its funny. own way. It's genius yeah. in its own way. But I really like that, oh shit, is he going to get out of this situation? I like that. And I never really quite got to that place in Black Klansman. Whereas with Judas and the Black Messiah, the whole time you're like, what is going to happen to this guy? You know, at any minute, because he, everyone hates, <laughs> like, if he gets exposed, Everyone hates him. Like the government's going to hate him. The street hoods are going to hate him. The Panthers are going to hate him. The white supremacists are going to hate him. Like everybody's going to hate him, you know? So 
I think it is the must-see of 2021. Now, what did I not like? This is a streaming trend. Rockumentaries are back. So in the 70s and 80s, it was like a rite of passage to watch these rockumentaries. But they were all kind of the same. And then finally, This Is Spinal Tap came out and just made fun of all of them. Yes. And that was kind of the end of the rockumentary until the 90s when VH1 had Behind the Music, where they like distilled all of those rock. They made like a rockumentary in a half an hour about each band. And like, okay, nails in coffins, that trend is over. Well... Apple TV has entered the streaming business and they don't have a back catalog like HBO. They don't have a back catalog like Disney. So what they've done, it looks like, is they've leveraged their relationship with the music industry, with iTunes and all that, that long history to make rockumentaries. And I watched three of them last year and it reminded me why I don't watch rockumentaries anymore. The first was Velvet Underground, which I love that band. So I thought, okay, this will be cool. It is so dull. It spends way too much time on the early history of some band members and not others. And it reveals very little about what made the Velvet so exciting and influential. It seems way too long at two hours. The second one I watched was Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry. Which <laughs> oh, God. My girlfriend chose this one, so I went along with it. But even I can tell from watching this that the parts where Billie Eilish is performing on stage are the best parts of the show. The documentary doesn't really dive too deep into the behind the scenes of like she's got all these handlers and the like star making factory that markets her and all that. That's what I wanted to know about. What are they doing to like promote her and all that stuff? Now, her co-writer partner is her brother and he mentions offhandedly being pressured to write a hit song but it's just like one throwaway line and we're like wait tell me more about that and then at one point there's like a blink and you'll miss it moment where Billie Eilish mentions her Tourette syndrome and I'm like wait stop ah! <laughs> record scratch like this is a major performer who's got to be in front of people all the time and she has Tourette syndrome. And then it made sense because she has all these ticks, you know? And like, I looked it up and sure enough, she has Tourette. Why was this like one little tiny blink and you miss it? Like really blink and you miss it line. She just says, oh, it's Tourette's, you know? And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? You know? <laughs> no, there's an intermission. It's so long. I got a little past the halfway point where she meets Justin Bieber. And then I was like, Seacrest out. <laughs> <laughs> And then the third one I watched was the Beastie Boys story. Mm. This was the best of the lot. It was the two surviving Beastie Boys making what's essentially like a love letter to Adam Yauch, who was known as MCA and the Beastie Boys, died of cancer. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Directed by Spike Jones, who directed all their cool videos like Sabotage, and he directed some of the Weezer videos and stuff. Very visionary director. So he had the two of them on stage, and they're reading badly from a teleprompter. And... Jones has chosen to put an emphasis on how much they've grown as people and as a band. It's really clear that that was imposed onto this. Like he sat down and chose all these things and we're going to talk about this and then we're going to talk and then you're going to talk about how much you've grown from this, you know. But they are completely willing to open up about their mistakes, which is a good thing. But it seems like they downplay a bunch of stuff too. So it's the best of the three. But in general, I'm thinking that this whole trend needs to go back away and last but not least the pointless reboot of the year we already talked about matrix reloaded which i'd call the pointless sequel of the year the pointless reboot of the year 
Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know what? I had effectively blocked that from my memory. I didn't even recall the Mortal Kombat reboot until you mentioned it. It was more polished than the 1995 film, but it takes itself way too seriously and lacks all the fun of the original. If you need a dose of Mortal Kombat and you don't have access to a gaming console, you're better off going with the 2020 animated feature that came out, Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, which I did like. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The big food trends of 2021. Now, I got to think way back now. This seems like forever ago, but it was just around the time we launched the show. We were in the sourdough bubble. This was, the, was the sourdough bubble? Was that still 2021? Was yeah. that? I remember, I remember everybody learned how to make bread. When Doesn't COVID that seem started. like three years ago now? That was like oh, just a year ago. Dozens. My sourdough starter is still alive. Like, I'm not making nearly as much bread as I used to, but I still use it for pizza dough, still use it for the occasional popover recipe. Mm. I am still in the sourdough bubble, or bubbles. It's like a they. There's a there's a they worth of bubbles. That's what a starter is, right? It's all the yeast starts bubbling and... Yeah. Little known fact, I and the gentleman, Josh, that I, I write with Evil Island... We worked together over a decade ago, and we started a bread blog called Carbomancer. Um, <laughs> so, so why I am, does this not surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am glad the rest of the world has gotten. A, to me, the ability to make bread is what separates from animals, uh, us from animals, right? Like it, 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 it is a basic, fundamental human trick that no other creature can do and and it builds all of society past it yeah forget all that stuff like language and and you know the invention of the wheel look, look lots of la- <laughs> lots of animals have language thumbs like everybody's seen the otter videos they have thumbs right like thumbs. <laughs> but no bread bread is a uniquely the only thing that humans do is we tell stories we cook and we do some fancy math i'll grant us that right <laughs> That's what we do. We cook things and do fancy math and know things. You know the Turing test? Like, I yeah. think that the new Turing test for <laughs> artificial intelligence is, all right, bake a sourdough bread. <laughs> I will fail. <laughs> King Arthur Flower reported their sourdough recipe got over 2,700% jump. 2,700% jump in hits over 2020. Other snack trends of 2021, hot air fryers. After a year of putting on pandemic weight, this was a huge trend because it was supposedly healthier and less cleanup. Mm. I have not jumped on this. Have any of you guys jumped on the hot air fryer bandwagon? 
I just got one for Christmas. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a the the bandwagon is moving and I am running after it. That is that is where we are. <laughs> Actually, just yesterday, ours lost its counter position. Like we have we have finite counter space and there's there's contention for you know every square inch is fought over, and uh, the air fryer just came off. I like it. It is not instant pot handy, however. Like, pressure cookers are super, especially going into the colder months now, the instant pot just got a little bit more love than the air fryer. Yeah. Um, but but they are, they do stuff. A, baked potatoes, the best things in the world. If you want to cook a potato, air fryer right away. Sausages, like all kinds of stuff you don't want to go outside for. But then don't try to make burgers in the air fryer, no matter what they say. It was, it was... Yeah, I, I I managed to scar the outside of like quarter pound patties, and leave the inside pink. I don't I don't know how that happened. <laughs> like like not just medium rare, like rare. That is rare. the worst. That is blue the worst. rare. If... Wow, seared <laughs> <laughs> rare. So we we have a toaster oven that has an air fryer option on it. We never jumped onto the bandwagon and bought an air fryer because our we live in a little farmhouse and our counter space is also limited. We actually have to have a microwave stand for a microwave and our toaster oven air fryer combination thing to, to have a space for it in our kitchen. I love it. I mean, I, I don't really use the air fryer option very often, but it is really good um, for reheating certain things. Um, and it, and you can even reheat fries in it, fast food fries. You can mm-hmm. reheat in there and they're actually okay. It's the only way I've ever been able to reheat fries. In 2022, we're going to have you take over the lobby segment. So we'll Ooh. see what, what recipes you come up with. Wait till you see what I have in store for the next episode. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. Can I, I love to cook as well, but the oven, I can make bread. That's it. Every other part of the oven scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> I have burnt myself so badly on the oven over and over again. I'm an idiot. I But but for some reason, when it comes to making bread, I am, I am just a bread savant, right? Like, God help me if I need to reheat a pizza or bake a cake. And I have vowed never to learn to make cookies because giving me the ability to generate cookies would be like that one that one trailer for planet of the apes where they show the ape picking up the kalashnikov and then it starts shooting them i don't need that power right like no (laughs) (laughs) so i I think what this means is the second anniversary show is gonna be at nat and tracy's place like (laughs) yeah Come, come out to the country cook i am building an outdoor kitchen I, I want to have an outdoor kitchen. You guys need to come into town. We'll hang out in the summer. Can we film a retrospective show in the summer? A one-year show in the summer? Would that work? Sure, why not? This is okay. the... It's a brave new world. <laughs> we can have a one-and-a-half-year anniversary show. Yeah, the 1.5. There, <laughs> there you go. Over at Nat's place. By the way, Nat, we need to get together because we do live... Not we are neighbors. Too terribly far from we each other. We are I know. right next to it. We are adjacent. This one came up from TikTok. Pesto eggs. It's a great little hack. Whenever you make fried eggs, you have to like oil the pan or spray Pam or something. Mm-hmm. Instead, you put pesto in the pan, which has 
uh, basically crap. olive oil, and yeah. then you break the eggs on top of the pesto and... Genius. Yeah, it's a genius hack. All right. Hard seltzer continues to grow in popularity at a triple-digit rate. All of you who drink White Claw, <laughs> knock it the fuck off! Right. Hold on, hold on. Eric, I am going through my Rolodex, which is pretty damn fuzzy for the 90s, right? But I am looking for a picture of you holding a Zima, and, and I can't find one, right? You but cannot it's the same find thing. one. It's the same thing. For those who don't, know what zines are back in the days before blogs if you're punk rock you you published your own thoughts uh, by like writing them on a piece of paper and xeroxing it at the library and then like stapling yeah. it and, and selling it for like lemonade money or whatever true story yeah <laughs> i remember reading one zine that reviewed all the malt liquors <laughs> and then they got to zima and their only comment was zucks <laughs> <laughs> seriously people if you want that just have a fucking highball cocktail okay meal kits and delivery services uber eats doordash all that also hello fresh blue apron please sponsor us <laughs> you know and then last but not least ghost kitchens ghost kitchens were these pop-up kitchens for people who don't know who just exist to satisfy the app delivery market and so some of them they're not even regulated by the health department it's really scary about that a girlfriend of mine has a catering business and at finley market you can actually rent a kitchen to cook your stuff out of like a complete chef's kitchen you can use and rent to cook up your wares and sell to your uh, again i that's having me flash back to nat with picking up like an AK <laughs> <or whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> Here is an industrial kitchen. It's got everything. <laughs> that only makes bread. <laughs> what were your guys' favorite Let's Go to the Lobby segments we actually did, recipes we actually had on the show? I really liked going to the lobby with Gabby. That was really fun. Some great cocktail tutorials from our friend Gabby. What makes a bond was what she called it. And she came up with a bunch of these. I thought like she was going to come on and tell us how to make like a drink. that's like super simple. No, she's a serious mixologist. So she's like, and you use the essence of this and a little tincture of this and you rub the glass with that. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that is the cocktail equivalent of Nat and the AK in industrial kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to do that. Yeah, yeah don't I, give me lavender infused anything. I'll I, I'll make it into a bomb somehow. I can just imagine <laughs> staggering back into the room to uh, I got it right. I figured it out. It's like you're just falling over at that point, right? Like how much experimenting does it take to get to the point where you could do that reliably? <laughs> Show stats. The highest ping on the shark meter was Dr. No. Mm. As you know, we all live in New Hampshire, Vermont, Ohio, Kentucky regions. So I have eliminated them from this top 10 list. But we have been downloaded in 32 states of the 50 so far that we know of. This list does not include New Hampshire, Vermont, Ohio, and Kentucky. Keep in mind. Number nine, Pennsylvania. Number eight, Washington. Number seven, Massachusetts. Number six, Nevada. Number five, Illinois. Number four, Georgia. Number three, New Jersey. Number two, Virginia. 
And guess what state we are most popular in? New Mexico. California. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Kind of surprising, but it is, you know, one of the biggest states population wise. So I guess it makes sense. Now, excluding the U.S., here's the top 10 countries that we are most popular in. Number 10, Brazil. Number nine, Denmark. Number eight, Germany. Number seven, Australia. Number six, Russia. Number five, the UK, United Kingdom. Number four, Mexico. Number three, Ireland. Number two, Canada. All right, take a stab at what country, not the US, but what other country we are most popular in. Uh, We've already got, that's all of North America. Um, The UK. We, that was already on the list at number five. Oh, good. It's going to be something obscure like Belarus or something. No, although we have been downloaded there. Okay, cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. France. France. Really? That's By cool. far, France is the country we are most popular in. Outside Bonjour. the US. Yeah, I kind of surprised are we uh, I know I know that we're open to sponsorships by like HelloFresh or the delivery services, but I think foreign powers as well, like you know, <laughs> if they want to sponsor the show, we are more than happy to pander to anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, you can work pay the podcast us. up. You can pay us in Euros or whatever you guys use nowadays. Yeah, yeah <laughs> or recruit money. us for the French podcasting Olympic team. We let us know. host the Eurovision <laughs> song contest. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. And then I got one more top 10 list, and this is our top 10 episodes, most downloaded episodes. Number 10, the Aliens spinoffs and tie-ins episode, the Aliens universe, uh, you know, where where we did things that tie into the Alien franchise. Number nine, the, is Casino Royale, guess which one? 1967. Correct. Number... (laughs) Number eight was Aliens. Number Wait, seven, Predator. Hold on. The Fever Dream one? Is that the... <laughs> that is that that is in our top ten, yes. and it's the only yes. Casino Royale in our top ten. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so number seven was Predator. Number six was Disney's Tarzan. Number five, Tarzan and His Mate. Number four, It the Terror from Beyond Space and Alien, which was a double feature episode. Number three, Tarzan of the Apes. Number two, Tarzan the Ape Man. Anyone want to guess what our number one downloaded, most downloaded episode is? Mm. I really couldn't say. Matrix? Cowboy I'm Bebop? Guessing. Nope, it's not any of the Cowboy Bebops. It's not the Matrix. It is skyfall and it's not even close like skyfall has double the downloads over the next like closest one uh so i think maybe like i don't know why maybe it's because gabby gabby (laughs) yeah i think gabby might be a big part of it anyway i thought that was kind of interesting skyfall is you know by far run away uh the most popular episode so what were your guys favorite and least favorite Thing that we watched for this show. Can I go first? Sure. Okay. So my least favorite thing that we watched for the show 
that was aired on the podcast what had to be Casino Royale 1967. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that is my pick yeah. also. That was the worst. I that, really wish I would have eaten mushrooms before I started watching that because I know I would have enjoyed uh, it then. Uh, or instead of, right? Like, or just like. <laughs> or instead of. I mean, let's be real. Hold you on. Know? There was, and I believe this was in 2020, there was a gentleman who was tasked to review the Cats film who instead. Uh. They, I don't know if this happened or if it was just, you know, parody written from the perspective of he just did LSD and went to a PetSmart. Yes, did a I read that. I read that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, and I would have to say, I mean, yes, I picked Matrix. I love the Matrix. So I don't want to pick that one as my favorite because that was already my choice. So um, my favorite next to that. Not more or less, but next to would have to be Skyfall. Love that movie. I want to throw this in, and and I wasn't part of the review for this, but watching from the outside, Tracy does not like animation. Like, as a rule, it's a lot harder to get her to watch anything animated than it is to get her to watch anything else. So when the live-action Cowboy Bebop came out, I was excited to kind of get her to get her feet wet and what have you. But watching you guys review Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite things ever. And it's because it is exactly because they do the most perfect story arc in all of, in my opinion, in all of video in all of like series based video, they had this beautiful story to tell and then they were done and it was gorgeous. Yep. Um, and, I, yeah. I agree. And that's why my pick was uh, when we did session three and four of Cowboy Bebop. And because I knew I wanted to pick Cowboy Bebop, it was hard to choose yeah. which one. And that was the one where we covered the most episodes of Cowboy Bebop in one of our episodes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick that one because it had the most Cowboy Bebop in it. Yeah, I didn't break it down, but Cowboy Bebop was not necessarily what I think is the best content. Because I agree with you, Rosie, that Skyfall is masterful. But mm-hmm. uh discovering Cowboy Bebop, having never watched it before, that was a really great pick. And I was glad we went through that together. Me too. Me too. I really enjoyed that series because I hadn't seen it before. So going into it with fresh eyes and discovering it with seasoned veterans that knew the show was just, loved it. Loved being a, loved the opportunity to get to do that. When I saw Cowboy Bebop, a friend literally handed me DVDs like 20 years ago. He's like, here, watch this. He only handed me the first two DVDs, and I sat on those. I watched them, and I sat on it for like a year before I came back to get the other half of this. Like, these characters live with me in this kind of, oh, yeah, this is a great show. I like these guys. This is a lot of... And then they died. (laughs) <laughs> and it broke my heart, like, because I didn't watch it straight through in one row. I had no idea, right? Like, oh. And this is why I think the remake, I'm only halfway through the live yep. action remake. It's really hard to get through because it doesn't have the magic. It's got the same character. It reminds yep. me of a cover band, like a really, yeah. it's like a cover band. Like they know the songs, but it just does. It's not like seeing Led Zeppelin for real. You know? yep. <laughs> right. Well, and that was again like if they if the only part of this that they had captured 
was that arc, was that beautiful revenge and destruction arc. I would have been okay with every other like change and compromise, right? Like I, I, and I never got a sense for that and I don't feel that it's coming back. So we can actually, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to get to see if they would have captured that or not because it looks like it's pretty damn canceled right now. But yeah, there is know. a petition out there to start production on um, a second season. So we'll see what happens if they get enough fans behind it. it might there was happen. a petition to keep them canceled before that. Like, <laughs> the, the, fan base, the fan base is pretty damn toxic, right? Like, well. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I get it. It like what well, we already talked about bringing back the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a long time, I had a hard time saying I was a Star Wars fan. Star Wars had everything to do with me getting into media. I loved Star yeah. Wars. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And then, it was decades before I could say I was a Star Wars fan again because the prequels just ruined it. I didn't like the Disney movies, and it wasn't. You know, I liked Rogue One, but other than that, I didn't really like any of the movies again, and they just weren't Star Wars. Again, it didn't have the magic. It was like a cover band until The Mandalorian, and, you know, yeah. that, that well, brought, brought me back to the fold. But Well, because now we're in this phase of they're using the Star Wars universe to create other kinds of films. I tell you what, I'm a Star Wars fan in the same way that I'm a Bengals fan, okay? And if you've <laughs> met any diehard Bengals fans, you know that they love the Bengals, whether they win or lose, and, you know... Thank God they're finally having a winning season. Okay. And I'm not hardcore into football, but I always root for the home team. Every single I was going to say, did you time. watch that game last week? The game last week was insane. Like, yes. I mean, against yeah. Kansas City, they it was unbelievable. It was really, I, I just, I love what our Bengals are doing. And I love Joe Burrow. I can't even begin to tell you. He's just such a great representative for our city, for our team. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I am a fan <laughs> Of the Bengals. Barstool Sports, please pick us up. All right. I know, right? <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, is I love Star Wars through and through. Even through the really bad prequels, I love Star Wars through and through because, mainly because of Princess Leia. I mean, she, we didn't have much as, as girls growing up in the 70s, we didn't have much as far as heroes go. We had the Bionic Woman, we had Princess Leia, we had Wonder Woman. And whatever token girl was on whatever superhero team at the time, like Fantastic Four, whatever. So Star Wars always has a special place in my heart because that was like a strong female heroine. So that's it. I'm done. Tangent over. Does anyone have a favorite episode that is not necessarily their favorite thing we watch, but their favorite episode of the show? Oh, for me, that's a very easy one. I haven't been on for a while, but... The amount of shit we gave Casino Royale. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was, that that was so much fun. This is why I might have to torture you guys with more bad movies. (laughs) Because they make the best episodes. (laughs) Again, stay tuned. (laughs) My least favorite was probably Tarzan of the Apes because we had just gotten started and didn't know what we Mm -hmm. were doing. Do you guys have a favorite or least favorite moment on the show? May or may not have anything to do with the content uh, we were talking about. Oh, gosh. Anytime I forgot what I was talking about is my least favorite moment of the show. (laughs) That's every episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I noticed that when I was, like, binge listening to it yesterday. 
it's always fun to review the bad movies uh, on and, and even the movies that maybe one of us doesn't like so much like when we did the animated Tarzan <laughs> Oh, oh god. You and Nat, that was so fun. Oh, I I think I think I've still got like uh, some kind of pact to kill Phil Collins. Phil Collins, I know, me too. Me too. I, I, oh god, Phil Collins. <laughs> My least favorite, so this wasn't a moment on the show. This was a moment behind the scenes, but so we recorded an episode. I'm not gonna tell you what it's about, but it took us two hours to do. And it takes a long time to edit these episodes. And I had spent hours and hours on this thing. Plus, it had a lot of problems that needed fixing in the episode. And then what happened was I hadn't backed it up. It was only on a hard drive. And it was on my work hard drive because I only had one USB port. And so it was like my work hard drive. So we go back to work after COVID. And I'm sitting on the desk and my boss knocks it off the desk, breaks the hard drive. I did every kind of data recovery I could. Now, to complicate matters, everybody was backed up to the cloud except me because I just, why would I put mine out on our our Dropbox (laughs) because they're all coming to me. So I had to edit me out of the show and like finish doing the show. So that was a huge setback, huge setback. And then like finally over Christmas, I got a chance to work on it again. And I spent hours and hours working on it. And then I got this new job and I was working like 18 hours and I accidentally overwrote the folder that it was in. So again, Ah. I still have the backups of all the, so I have for the third time, I have now started editing this episode and it is just the worst. You guys will know when it comes out, it'll be highly polished because I've gone through editing it so many times. I know exactly where to put all the cuts and all that, but (laughs) wow. Anyway, that was my least favorite. My favorite moment of any episode, though, is still when we were first started this, we did like um, Tarzan the Ape Man, the second Tarzan film we did. And like, there's this, there's this scene in the movie where they're trying to get to the elephant graveyard and they've got to go up this really narrow mountain path <laughs> where they have to like they have to like have their back against the wall literally because because it, uh, like it's like six inches of of like trail you know and then that's like the elephant graveyard is apparently on a plateau up this tiny path up in the mountains how the f- do elephants get there <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> I remember that. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> that that to me was like that was prime Geek Channel 8 right there. <laughs> <laughs> It's been great working with you guys. I can't even say enough how much I've looked forward to recording with you guys on a fairly weekly basis. It's definitely fulfilled my pandemic needs to, you know, do something because, you know, roller derby was basically taken away from me and I don't even know if we're playing this year. I have a background in broadcasting and missed it terribly. So thank you guys so much for thinking of me, giving me that random call like, hey, do you want to be on the show? Because it's just been fantastic. Thank you so, so much. I just really am 
so thankful for the opportunity. Likewise. And uh, I just, I love the irreverent spirit that we all bring to film criticism. I love exploring bad movies, old movies uh, with you all, but I especially like finding movies that I never, ever would have seen on my own. It, The Terror Beyond Space, is a film I never would have looked for, never would have made time to watch, but it it really changed the way I thought about the rest of the Alien series, knowing that it had some precursors that had roots in B-sci-fi. So uh, that that actually was one of my favorite episodes. I think it was my first one with y'all, but uh, really enjoyed that. Nat, anything? Or uh, is Tracy not going to let you ever be back on the show? <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, I am probably going to be allowed back on the show. Yay! The, yeah. The uh, maybe not regularly right now. Like, look, I am writing a space musical, and and I have gone through <laughs> several phases of acceptance with that. This is this is not my project. This is this is my writing partner's project. And you know what? I have been fairly skeptical about the phrase space musical. Like those two words just don't chew at the same time, right? Space like, opera, <laughs> space opera, man. space yeah. opera. <laughs> This isn't a space opera. This is a space musical. How can you do but, a space musical that's not a space opera? That just breaks well, all the rules of tuned, time and space. Stay tuned to Evil Island and I will show you, my friend. I think that all depends on whether or not Meatloaf is in it. Um, yes! He, he's literally like pulled this together into a cohesive thing. Like I'm a little surprised. Also... You're speaking to one of the few people on Earth that has written not only a a space country song, but by God, this is the first time I'm saying this out loud. Space bluegrass. Putting my hands up right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a weird trip on Evil Island for the last year. We've been super quiet, but we've been we've been hammering this over, and we're going to record here soon. And uh, when we do, I will I will have my weekends and mornings and everything free again. Well, now that, you, now that you brought it up, go ahead and plug where people can find Evil Island. Oh, we're at evilisland.net. And my God, if I am saying that incorrectly, then I will have Eric edit that in later. Because <laughs> uh, I don't go to our page. It is evilisland.net. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So... I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, if you like it, if you like the show, please subscribe. Give us a review on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to write to us, we're GC8podcast. That's letter G, letter C, number eight, podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Eric. This is Rosie. This is Johanna. And I don't know how to say this is Nat in French, but to all of our French listeners, thank you. Yes. <laughs> don't you mean merci? Uh, That's the easy one. <laughs> I don't know that. I'm a product of American education. You'd be glad I can speak one language, right? Like, <laughs> all right. French uh, school elective in our schools. It was elective. <laughs> stop, stop alienating the one fan base we have. Like, no, gonna... I'm trying to pander. I'm just doing it badly. <laughs> we're going to have to go do a tour of France now because of this. All right. Oh, no. This, this oh, is no. us. Oh, so sad. <laughs> signing off. We love you, France. Thank you, France. Merci. Merci. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>